Welcome into this post-Thanksgiving episode of Name That News. Are you still wearing the elastic pants? Yeah, of course I am. Absolutely. I am too. I don't know about all the people out there listening to us, but I certainly ate my fill on Turkey Day last week. I've still got food in my fridge right now. I'm still eating Thanksgiving food. Are you kidding me? (laughs) And by the way, if we're talking about Thanksgiving and referencing back to last week's episode... I used my Detroit Red Wings Zamboni gravy boat, and it was amazing. You stole my thunder a little bit. I was going to ask about the Zamboni gravy boat, the new family heirloom in the Clark household that will be passed down for generations, I hope. Well, here's the good news. I don't have to pass it down too much because I brought my son with me, and so he has one too. We have two of them. Oh, oh, okay. So you get to keep yours all the way up until the hospice and nursing home days, and he's got his own. Bury me with it. We'll make a note. This is now a binding legal document, this recording of Name That News. Zach Clark requests to be buried with his Zamboni gravy boat from the Detroit Red Wings. Bury me with it. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's go ahead and welcome you into this show uh, that we call Name That News, a show that we believe is Odyssey's favorite podcast. We're going to go ahead and get this thing started, and we're going to start out on the West Coast this week, KNX in Los Angeles, with a heist. Thieves stole worth about $100,000. The heist all caught on camera. Video shows four masked men breaking into the store and they tossed into a white van. I will give you this hint. They stole $100,000 worth of whatever it is they stole. So what did they steal that was worth $100,000? Was it A, jewelry? Was it B, artwork? Or was it C, puppies? I mean, is this the Thomas Crown Affair, or is this 101 Dalmatian? I'm not exactly sure. It's going to be one of the two. Um, Here's the thing with the puppies. I'm intrigued by this one because people will spend ungodly amounts of money on their dogs, and that includes buying the specific dog that they want. But pet shops aren't too popular anymore. I feel like you don't see them like you used to, right? How much is that puppy in the window? So I'm not sure if it's going to be C. You know, if it was A, would you need a van? Right? I mean, jewelry's small, unless you're like King Charles. I'm going to say B, artwork. Well, they did need a van. They didn't need it for jewelry. They didn't need it for artwork. They needed it for puppies. Corella DeVille. To be specific, a dozen French bulldogs were stolen. Twelve dogs worth $100,000 total were taken from this pet store. Wait a second. My sister has a French bulldog, and I, I know for a fact it did not run her 10 Gs. It didn't. Do these dogs come with a with a $9,000 bill strapped to their neck? Like, what is this? <laughs> Los Angeles, baby. Everything's bigger. Everything's more expensive. Maybe this was a Rodeo Drive pet store. I'm not sure. That just confuses plebes like me here in the Midwest. I don't understand. Let's move from coast to the other coast now, Mark. We're going to 10-10 wins in New York City. Take a listen. That was a running loose on Sunday. Broke loose and then proceeded to run over to the West Side Highway. Alrighty, Mark, what was it that was running around New York City? Was it A, an escaped carriage horse? Was it B, an inmate who escaped in transit, like when they were taking him from one facility to the other? Or is it C, Rudy Giuliani? How old is Rudy Giuliani nowadays? He's got to be in his 70s at least. He'll be 80 in May, so he's 79. All right. I don't think he's that fast anymore. I don't know if he was ever that fast. I think he would be caught easily if he was the one trying to to run away. I'm going to toss the soon-to-be octogenarian out, and we're going to move on to an escaped inmate or an escaped horse. 
Inmates can run pretty fast, but a horse loose in New York City. Reminds me of the John Mulaney bit about a horse loose in a hospital. I think that that could be a challenge. I think that that could be newsworthy. I'm going to say it was an escaped carriage horse. Mark, a horse is a horse, of course. You are correct. It was an escaped carriage horse. The man that was driving the carriage had dislodged the horse for a second to make a repair on the carriage, and the horse takes off, and to me, like, could you imagine? Like, you're you're in your Fifth Avenue apartment, and all of a sudden, some giant-ass horse goes running by? Like, who would have ever thought you'd see something like that? To me, I mean, that would have been just fascinating. Well, we're going to stay up north. We're going to head to the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, and uh, something that we use here, words, and maybe the word of the year? That is Merriam-Webster's word of the year for 2023. The company says lookups for sword on its website throughout the year. So what is Merriam-Webster, the dictionary people, what is Merriam-Webster's word of the year for 2023? Is it A, riz? Is it B, authentic? Or is it C, swifties? There's a lot going on here. There's a lot going on here. Let's start with riz. That's a new one to me, not today, uh, but relatively new to me. I picked it up listening to my son talk, right? Things like Riz, sweaty. Apparently sweaty means good now. Like if you're a sweaty football player, you're a good football player. What the f- does that mean? I just. <laughs> <laughs> um, so here's the thing, though, right? Like I feel like Riz is a, is a viable option. Why wouldn't you put it in the dictionary? Nobody else knows what that is, right? It's not common or it's becoming more common. Swifties. I mean, everything blank of the year has to involve Taylor Swift in some way, I feel like. And authentic, I mean, that's just, that's a normal word. That doesn't do much for me. Uh, I'm going to say A, because it confuses the most amount of old people. Riz. Going with Riz, which, of course, as you and I know, because we're very intelligent people, short for charisma. If you've got Riz, that means you've got some charisma. I actually didn't know that. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've got Riz, you've got charisma, but you don't have the right answer, unfortunately. It is authentic. Oh, wait a second. Hold on. Bef- wait, hold on. Before you go any further, I know where this story is going. People trying to find their authentic selves. Not exactly. Oh, thank God. Authentic. The most searched word of the year in Merriam-Webster because of the rise of deep fakes and artificial intelligence. Oh. People looking for authenticity nowadays. Oh. And if you'd like to know what the runners up were, one is EGOT. But apparently it's also now a word. Emmy, EGOT. Grammy, Oscar, Tony. It's like yeah. the triple crown or the quadruple crown of, of acting. When you've won all four major acting awards, you are now an EGOT. And uh, the search soared when Viola Davis completed the set earlier this year. And the other word, it's not even a word, it's a letter. X. Oh, Twitter. Formerly Twitter. X is now a highly searched term at Merriam-Webster since Elon Musk decided to rebrand Twitter for some ungodly reason. I mean, tweet is a verb, and yet he decided to change it to X, Xing. I don't get it. Maybe that's why I'm not a billionaire, because I don't get it. It is what it is. Authentic, though. The word of the year. I am absolutely gobsmacked by that one, but it makes sense after I hear the explanation. All right, Mark, uh, we're going to go to the Midwest now. This comes to us from WBBM in Chicago. It's Entrepreneur Friday on the WBBM Noon Business Hour, and we welcome David Wells, the founder of the Chicago... David, what a great idea. 
Alrighty, Mark, what is this ingenious idea the host is just so excited about? Is it A, a robot that makes Chicago-style hot dogs, with the pickle in them, right? Is it B, high-level amateur pickleball, and maybe that's an oxymoron, I don't know. Uh, C, is it hand, feet, and head warmers controlled by an app? Remember, you're in New Orleans, it is very cold in Chicago, very cold. Yes, it's very cold in Chicago, very cold where you are. It's a little chilly down here today, too, I gotta say. Uh, we're in the 40s down here. That's 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 getting brisk for us. It snowed here today. Two of these, oddly enough, involving pickles somehow. That's it. That's I don't know if that's a clue. That's a coincidence. I didn't even think. <laughs> of, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Pickleball, a sport that is taking the country by storm. It's everywhere. A robot that makes Chicago-style hot dogs. Every business is looking to automate, right? Everybody's trying to lower the overhead, and then. Hand, feet, and head warmers controlled by an app. Everything's controlled by apps nowadays. When I pull up to McDonald's, they ask me if I want to use the app. No, I don't want to use the app. I just want to order. And then they give me that disdainful, okay, well, what do you want? Three really good choices here. I'm going to go with my gut, and my gut likes hot dogs. So I'm going to go with a robot that makes hot dogs. Look, Mark, going with your gut in a hot dog situation is appropriate. If hot dogs was the right answer, they are not. It is high-level amateur pickleball. Ah. To me, this guy invented what I would call a rather competitive pickleball league, but the way that the, the way the hosts are talking about it, it's like he's, I don't know, reinvented the wheel, like bowling leagues, <laughs> golf leagues, dart leagues, pool leagues, you name it. They, they've got a thing for it. Bridge leagues. Amateur sports leagues all over the country, but pickleball is the one that lights these hosts up, and you know what? God love them. They, everybody likes what they like. But the last thing I need is some hardo that thinks he's good at a sport running around yelling and screaming and being ultra competitive. That's the worst. It's the worst. I'm just out here to get a little bit of exercise, get the heart rate up a little bit. I don't need you screaming at me. If we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. We're just here to have fun, right? It's how you play the game, I was told one time. Yes. It's not whether you win or lose. It's how often you cheat. Correct. Which, of course, will influence your success. So start cheating immediately. <laughs> this game is very hard to cheat at, though. We don't give you a lot of time to Google things, but we are at the section of the show where you could possibly cheat if you wanted to. We highly discourage it. It is time for our cliffhanger question of the week. Uh, a question just like all the other questions, but we don't answer it immediately. You actually do have time to Google it, but we're trusting that you don't because you don't get that little dopamine hit from cheating. You get it from getting it right off the top of your don't. So, before we get to this week's cliffhanger question, we have to refresh you on last week's cliffhanger question and finally give you that answer. It came to us from KFTK in St. Louis. The Lou, as Nelly used to say. Take a listen. Listen to Carissa Thompson, former NFL sideline reporter. And I've said this before, so I haven't been fired for saying it, but I'll say it again. Um, I would the report sometimes. So what did Carissa Thompson do as an NFL sideline reporter, a national NBC-sanctioned sideline reporter? What did she do during her broadcast? Did she A, change stats? Did she B, fabricate reports? Or did she C, withhold injury information? So all of these would be problematic if you're a reporter, a journalist of, of any kind, right? All of these things are withholding or omitting something that would matter and that would change the narrative of whatever it is you're talking about, especially in sports, especially with things like injuries and stats, right? But the middle one, 
the middle one to me seems the most heinous because you didn't do anything. Um, they're, they're all bad, but if you're going to go for it, go for it. I'm going to say it's B. She was fabricating reports. Unfortunately, you are correct. Usually I say unfortunately when you're wrong. In this case, unfortunately, you are correct. Every week she was tasked with getting comments from the coaches after halftime, heading out of the tunnel, and sometimes they didn't want to talk. They didn't make themselves available. And so she would say something generic like, oh, we need to play harder or, oh, we need to adjust certain things about the game. And she assumed these were things that coaches would never dispute. And so she decided to just go ahead and put them out there because she figured that's what they were going to tell her anyway. So that is the crux of the of the problem here is that she actually did just make up these reports when she didn't actually talk to these coaches. It wasn't just that, that the coach wouldn't dispute it. She outed herself. Nobody would have known she was doing this except for she had to say it twice on two podcasts. She did. And now she's catching a little bit of flack for it, as she should. When you go ahead and, and put yourself out there and tell everybody what you did wrong, well, now you got to now you got to pay the piper a little bit, right? Yeah, I, that story just uh, that was kind of a bombshell in the sports world over the last couple of weeks. All right, Mark, let's get to the actual cliffhanger itself. It comes to us from our friends at KCBS in San Francisco. Among the changes Spotify is making to its streaming payment policies in 2024 is a controversial decision to artists whose songs receive less than a thousand streams. Alrighty, Mark, what is Spotify going to do with what they deem to be underperforming songs? Is it A, give them a boost? Is it B, publicly roast the artist? Or is it C, deny the artist payment? I don't think they would public... I don't think they would publicly roast them. I feel like that would open them up to some type of a legal proceeding for, you know, seeming a little biased. But the other two options... Different directions of uh, <laughs> of uh, opening yourself up to criticism. One, giving them a boost. Other artists might say that's not fair. We, you know, we're not getting a boost. Denying them payment. Spotify has a history of trying not to pay artists. So both of those, I feel, are very viable options. And we'll find out the answer next week. But I think either of those is definitely a viable option in this question, unfortunately. And while we're talking about it, uh, you can find Name That News on Spotify. You can. <laughs> and are we receiving payment? I don't think so. <laughs> if we are, it hasn't gone to me yet. Maybe the checks are just going to you. I don't know. Maybe Odyssey's collecting on our behalf. I'm sure that they'll they'll give us a nice bonus when this is all said and done. Because obviously, a very popular show, right? Of course. That's going to do it for this week's very popular episode of Name That News. But we'll be back with another one next week. And until then, special thanks to Brian Fisher, who helps put the show together. A special thanks to you for listening. If you like what you heard, then please pound that subscribe button. Bookmark us on your browser. Set a reminder on your calendar, because we're here every single week with another fresh, Spotify-approved, popular episode of Name That News.